0: You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back. We are finally back for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We're back. We're ready. We're ready to roll. Uh, we, there was not supposed to be this big break, uh, in, in episodes. I was not supposed to just not do anything for the last, whatever, three days, two days of, of last week. Um, however, uh, I had a great crossover with locked on a's and then the audio, for whatever reason, the format of the audio, my laptop hated it and it is still being like processed into an <laughs> into a file that I can actually upload and give to you. So to make up for last week, you're going to get some bonus episodes. I have like three episodes worth of content. We talked for well over an hour uh, with, with the Locked On A's. Awesome, awesome show and awesome content and, and awesome stuff that will be really fun to listen to. Uh, talked lockout talked just players on the team maybe expendable players outlook going into next season different states of the teams whatever it's it's really really a fun group of shows that you're going to get for whatever reason my laptop just hated the file so we're working on getting that fixed and to make up for that we're going to get some bonus episodes you're going to get some episodes over uh on weekends and such when you usually wouldn't get episodes uh but for now, we're back. We're better than ever. Um, I, I also last week had a had a pretty pretty uh, negative reaction to the uh, to the COVID booster, which still everybody should get boosted. We're still out here advocating for it. Um, but uh, but but my body did <laughs> did not take it very well, and uh, so we we were down and out of it there for a couple of days on top of that. So then the audio kind of got pushed to the back burner anyway. Regardless, we're here now. We're back in better than ever. We're starting a new series because the lockout's still going on. Neither side's even talking right now until probably after the new year. So we got to find some content. We're going to start a series that is ranking the five best players at... Five is honestly kind of arbitrary. That might move. But we're going to rank the best players at each position In the history of the Detroit Tigers. I thought it would be kind of fun. Go through. Rank some players. People love rankings. People love arguing over rankings. It's a blast. Uh, I'm going to get called some names. I'm used to it. I get called that anyway. Let's just ride. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to do pitchers last. And pitchers we might even do 10. Because there's obviously a lot more pitchers. Than there are at any other sole position on offense. So we might expand that one. We might even expand expend. We might even extend a couple of the single position ones to 10. If it's a really deep position that, that the Tigers have like a deep history and uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, first base comes to mind. There, there There's a few center field maybe. We'll see. But today we're going to start with catchers. And for catchers, we are going to do five. We'll, we'll have some honorable mentions in there. We'll have whatever. But we're going to go over the five greatest catchers and put them in in my order in the history of your Detroit Tigers. I thought it would be kind of fun. So let's start off, shall we? I think we shall. Let's start off with number five. Coming in as the fifth greatest catcher in the history of the Detroit Tigers is Mickey Tettleton. And if you listen to the last show that was uploaded by uh locked on Tigers you know that I'm very fond of Mickey Tettleton. Mickey Tettleton one of my one of my favorite Tigers how do I even say this one of my favorite Tigers that didn't play in my lifetime ever right I was born in 98 Tettleton was around not not you know ages before I was born right he retired in 97 but with a different team his last season on the Tigers was 94. And he only played, what, five seasons, 91 and 94, uh, with the Detroit Tigers. But they are some of the best single seasons by a catcher in Tigers history. I mean, if, we, if this was more of a, uh, you know, best single seasons by a catcher, he might even be higher on this list. He put up some phenomenal seasons. Again, if you listen to the most underrated Tigers ever, which was a show we did last week, uh, Mickey Tettleton, I, I made sure to put him on there again. Very, very big fan of Mickey over here. I'm a big fan. I think he's one of the more overlooked and underrated Tigers ever just because he played during a era of not so memorable or even good Detroit Tigers baseball. So Mickey's going to come in at number five, right? And should we do honorable mentions at the end? I feel like that's kind of weird to do. No, yeah, we'll do it at the very end. We'll end with honorable mentions. Well, I guess that's fine, right? Will you say the number one and then go to honorable mentions? That seems like a step back. But I, I think it's important to do, and I don't want to do it at the beginning because that kind of narrows, you know, you're like, oh, well, he's not going to be in there. And I don't want to ruin anything because I'm not a spoiler. Like, I'm not going to spoil the new Spider-Man for you either. I actually haven't seen it yet, so it's impossible for me to do so. I also want to say how proud I am of social media. Uh, usually, Twitter is the worst place for spoilers, and there seems to be like this community like coming together, of like nobody is spoiling this damn movie. It's actually really impressive and kind of beautiful in a sense. Uh, but anyway, back to the main point. That's just ADHD brain. Um, Mickey Tattleton. Okay, five hundred seventy games for your Detroit Tigers. Right? That's that's far fewer than quite a lot of uh, people on this list uh, it is actually nah, no I mean it is but the person right above him played even fewer games for uh, your Detroit Tigers so as you can see here um, it's not a exact list of like who the five top war people are of all time this is my list this is this is my subjective list. Now, in my opinion, this is objective because I think I know what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, by definition, it is subjective. So, and I, I love these debates too. As long as you're you know cordial and not an asshole, I I really do love these kind of debates and talking about the the ranking of players and who's better and why and reasoning and stuff. So I and these usually spark debates, So I'm really pumped about it. But Mickey is is great, and again, we talked about him a lot on the other show. But he was a a very very solid hitter at the catcher position, which is somewhat of a rarity, not only in the game today, but really historically. Catchers have have I mean, there's catchers in the Hall of Fame that hit like 220. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a it's a pretty it it's almost seems like if you can just play catcher and you can just play catcher well at a very young age, they just stick you there and they're like, Hey, you you know, we're not going to find too many other people that can play catcher because nobody wants to do it. Right? Like no kid, unless you're a crazy person like myself who played catcher their whole childhood. Um, and, and forever, nobody, no like seven year old kid is up there like, damn, I really want to, I really want to be the dude that's behind home plate and just getting pelted with, with balls and beat up all game and then going up to the plate and, and hitting 200. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not the flashiest of positions, certainly. Uh, and and, it, so that, and that's one of the reasons why it's not a great offensive position because they have, I mean, you know, so many other things to worry about. They bring value in so many other areas, and that's why I also love the position for the same reason. Um, and Mickey was, was, again, just for offensive production, from the catcher position far ahead of of what the the position historically provides and produces right with wrc plus again we talked about this a lot on the underrated show so i'm not going to go too far in depth on on mickey specifically but like wrc plus i mean 140 133 127 and 129 (laughs) that would that was his entire tiger stint that was his four-year tiger's career and WRC Plus, well, well above, 27-plus percent above league average in weighted runs created, just far and above. And and when you look at war, then we start getting into the specific seasons, right? I mean, his 1991, he had a 5.6 war behind the plate. And his career war was only 28.5. 5.6 war behind the plate in 91, 5 war behind the plate in 92, and then 2.5 and 1.5 and and in 93 and 94, definitely not slouches of seasons, right? Like, still very solid. Like, you're going to take that, especially at a catcher, as, as often as you can get. It just seems like a letdown because it's half of the incredible seasons he was putting up in the first half of his tenure. So, Mickey will always have my respect. I, I, I love the man. He was actually a plus defender. In those first two seasons as well, which for uh, a majority of his career, technically speaking, he was not just really an underrated and undervalued member of like the entire outlook of this organization and, and really there was no way I was gonna make a list and, and not have Mickey on it. I was either gonna make him five or I was gonna make catchers ten long and <laughs> or seven long or whatever the cutoff would have to be to make sure Mickey Telton was on this list. But uh he is he is definitely five and I'm I'm pretty comfortable at putting him at five as well. I don't think that's like an egregious bias reach either. So Mickey Telton coming in at five we'll get into the rest After I tell y'all about built bar this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. And that is built bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with flavor covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but also being high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors. You're going to have a hard time choosing, to be honest with you. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, one of my favorites. It's just all fantastic, and it gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. We're in the midst of the holiday season, baby. You're going to need that extra pick-me-up. And because it's the season of peace and love, I would recommend not bringing up your favorite built bars at holiday gatherings. And family parties and whatever. Because people are so passionate about their favorite flavors. We had a whole March Madness bracket, right? It uh, this last spring, debating what the best flavor was. They'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw in a few built bars in those stockings. So many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of the marshmallow treats around the holidays. You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, puffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, and you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. And you get get 15% off of your order. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. We're ranking the top five catchers in Detroit Tigers history. We started off with a bang. Mickey Tettleton, the dog. Right Now we're going to get into number four. The number four catcher I have in Detroit Tigers history is Mickey Cochran, Hall of Famer. It tells you something about this list about how many great backstops there have been in the history of the Detroit Tigers when we got a Hall of Famer coming in at four but he is number four uh Mickey Cochran was I mean Hall of Famer right but he 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 also only played four years for the Detroit Tigers playing in Philly for uh, at that that point Philadelphia Athletics for a majority of his career in the Hall of Fame as an A but really, really a, a great end of his career pick-me-up for the Detroit Tigers and was one of the big reasons why they won that 1935 World Series, right? That, that's the first World Series in team history. And we picked him up before the 34 season at 31 years old and retired after the 37 season at 34 years old. Did I say 34 twice? I can't remember you 31 years old when we picked him up 34 and we didn't No, I 1934. I, I just said four too many times in, in a short period of time and got tweaked out. I'm fine. Okay. Mickey Cochran. He only played two full seasons even at that for the Detroit Tigers, right? Like in 36 and 37, he played 44 games in 36 and 27 games in 37. But those 34 and 35 seasons were really, really good, and they were for some really, really good teams. And that's why he still comes in at number four here. Uh, Mickey Cochran was the man. Great behind the plate, plus defender. Really, really, I mean, as, as sure-sounded as you can get, great arm. And was a well, again, this is going to be a pattern for a lot of this list, a, a well above league a, league average hitter period at any position. Nonetheless, again, for being a catcher, 1934, he had a 123 WRC+, plus, had a 320 batting average and a 428 on-base percentage. Not a big home run guy, but also a much different era. And, and I, honestly, I should say he wasn't a big home run guy by the time he came to Detroit. He had a, a 23 home run season, a 15 home run season, a 17 home run season in, uh, in, in Philly. Before he came to Detroit, right at, at 112 RBI season in 1932, so not not a not a lack of power hitting in his career. But by the time he came to the Tigers, he was much more batting average, get on base, be solid behind the dish, and that's what he did, and he did it very very well. Like I said, 34 320 batting average, 35 319 batting average with a 452. On base percentage. And one of the most insane numbers you will hear. And again, different era. We're going to take it with a slight grain of salt. But honestly, this is one where I don't care what era you play in. This is pretty damn impressive. He had a career 3.5% strikeout percentage. Career. In his entire career, he struck out 3.5% of the time and walked 13.8% of the time. 13.8% on its own is a decent walk percentage, right? You're looking at that and you're like, all right, this dude can can draw walks when needed, not going to lead the league in walks, you know, whatever, but is is very, very capable and able to draw walks whenever is needed. But when you pair that, with a three, I mean, 1935, right? The year we won the World Series. He had a 319 batting average, 452 OB- OBP, a 450 slugging percentage, right? And th- this is his four and a half war season as well, and had an 18.4 walk percentage and a 2.9 K percentage. Remarkable. Again, different era, true. But even with that included, unbelievable. A career 897 OPS. His OPS in 34 and 35 was 840, and then in 35 was 902. He had a 902 OPS with five home runs. Pretty damn impressive. Pretty damn impressive. So Mickey Cochran, Hall of Famer, going to come in at number four. Number three on the list of greatest tigers of all time. If if you don't know who this is, this is pretty obvious. Like once now that you know who 5 and 4 are and 1 and 2 are blatantly obvious, right? Like there is zero debate. There shouldn't be at least. There should be zero debate over who 1 and 2 are. Maybe the order of 1 and 2 I guess, depending on like which one you like more, but even in my eyes it's pretty set in stone who 1 is and it's pretty set in stone who 2 is. And now you know who who five and four are. Number three should be the most obvious gimme of all time. It is Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez coming in as your third greatest Tigers catcher of all time. Pudge, what can you say, man? Big fan favorite here. Uh, Again, didn't play that long here. Four and a half seasons with your Detroit Tigers traded in 2008. And 8 was signed. You know, the, the thing with Pudge is obviously his on-the-field play was, was great, right? Four, 4.7 war in 2004, 3.2 war in 2005, 3 war in 2006, 1.5 war in 2007 at 35 years old and still being a massive plus defender at 35 behind the dish, still catching 129 games. Dude is unreal. Love Pudge, man. So it's it's fairly obvious that he is, you know, he Hall of Famer, right? Like it's it's fairly obvious that he is he is very good on the field. But the, the thing with Pudge that's so remarkable to me is what he signified, right? Like Pudge signed with the Detroit Tigers. Think just think about this. He is a Hall of Famer that at 31 years old. At the catcher position, when most people are thinking, I only got a few years left, I'm a future Hall of Famer, and I just won the World Series with the Florida Marlins. He then, in 2003, is in Florida. In 2004, he then, that offseason, signs with a team that just lost 119 games. That is... I I will never... Not. I don't like using double negatives. I will always find that absolutely fascinating. World Series, future Hall of Famer, catcher at 31, and yet chose to sign with a team that just lost 119 games. Now, I understand money talks. Our contract was the biggest one by far. Sure, you're going to take it, get your bag. I totally get it, right? But there's something to be said for that, man. There really is something to be said for that, and it paid off, uh, somewhat. Right, I mean, had had four fantastic years here, and uh, made the World Series, obviously in 2006. Not, I don't think anyone needs like a super deep dive on Pudge Rodriguez's stats. He he was a uh, a for most of his career a well above average league hitter again, and then when you take into consideration that he was a catcher even more so his offense really did fall off quite a bit in Detroit when you compare it to the rest of his career I mean in Texas he was he was uh, uh, unbelievable right like Rangers pudge is why he's a hall of famer don't get it twisted like that's that is why he is in the hall of fame in 2000 he had an OPS over a thousand behind the plate while being a plus defender like that's 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 unbelievable. He's putting up damn near seven war seasons behind the dish. But th- this is, for what it's worth, still being, when you look at WRC+, 90, 96, 82 is then when it gets a little low in, in 2007, his last full year here, and then trade in 2008. When you take into consideration the catcher position, still being a a better than average offensive catcher while still being the the big time plus defender that he is behind the plate you're you're and and the leader of the clubhouse I mean just there was so much that made pudge pudge and that will will absolutely and and obviously obviously I know you guys love when I say that I still get crap for it all the time never be forgotten and Pudge has will easily cement himself, and even though he's in the Hall of Fame as a Ranger, as he should be, he will he will always cement himself as as one of the uh, most beloved Tigers of all time, and that is why Pudge Rodriguez comes in at number three. We'll get into numbers two and one, baby. You should know who they both are. Uh, it's just a matter of what order they're going to come in. First, though, I got to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered. All season for props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. How about them Lions, baby? BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Online where the game starts. We are back for segment three of Locked On Tigers, ranking the five greatest catchers in Detroit Tigers history, baby. Coming in at number two. Everybody knows who one and two are. It's just a matter of what order you're getting them in, right? Coming in at number two is going to be the great Lance Parrish. Unbelievable. One of my, again, uh, all of these guys are really, like, some of my favorite Tigers ever just because, again, like, I, I love the catcher position. And I, I just love catchers, man. I, I, <laughs> what else can you say? I love catchers. So Lance Parrish, remarkable. Came up as a rookie in 1997 at the age of 21 years old. Played for the Detroit Tigers until he was 30. Left after the 1986 season. uh, Then bounced around for some other teams. Philly, uh, Cali, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Just kind of bounced around. Caught until he was 40. Similar to Pudge, man. Unbelievable. And, and. Like, the thing with Parrish is he, he never had a negative war his entire, like, for any season in his entire career. Like, in 1995, 1995, Lance Parrish was a rookie in 1977. As a catcher in 1995, he was still 0.1, right? But still technically a positive war, and the reason he was a 0.1 is, he, he hit 202. He had an OPS of like in the 500s, a 585 OPS, but was a positive war because he was still that much of a plus defender, right? He he was unbelievable. Tree trunk, thighs. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Lance Parrish was the dog. And, and he was one that, you know, we talk about being above average hitter again, like how, how he was very, very good offensively in his prime, and, and for most, if not all, I would say, I would say all of his Tigers career, maybe one kind of bad year. No, no, he he was he was a plus bat his entire tenure in Detroit, and on top of that, was a remarkable defender and absolute cannon. Behind the dish, Lance Parrish was, was the dog, and I mean, just like looking at these these numbers and and the year by year war and stuff, it's it's all it's all it's all Lance Parrish, man. And I know that I'm. This is just me, like kind of I don't know, not even reminiscing because I wasn't alive, but like me, just just <laughs> loving on players. I mean, oh Lance Parrish, Lance Parrish, like, I'm just saying his name over and over, but. It's, it's, he's incredible. You know what I mean? Like, so let's actually take a look at these numbers and stop just drooling over them. 4.2 war in 1979 at 23 years old, big time plus defender, 3.9 war in 1980, 2.2, 5.2, 5, 3, 4.1, 3.4. That was the war he was putting up behind the dish for his entire Tigers tenure. He has comfortably the second most war of any career-wise of any Tigers catcher of all time. He is like comfortably on both ends. He is uh, a solid amount higher than third place. When you look at total career war in a Tigers uniform as a catcher, and he is a solid 12 behind first place who now everybody knows who 12 is going to, who 12, who one is going to be as well. That one's fairly obvious at this point, but I I mean the thing with Parish again like that eighty four team was so special like thirty five and five led wire to wire zero games out of first place you know best record in baseball won the World Series like there was there was that that team was magical and and uh, a, a Goliath that that finished the job you know what I mean like there was that just destroyed everyone in their path like San Diego like blew the doors off him he don't want to walk you just everything about that season was. Was wild and and in the middle of it you had, Prime Lance Parrish right and, and the crazy thing is '84 is his worst offensive season with the Detroit Tigers and he still was a, a plus bat for the catcher position he had a, he had a 99 WRC plus in 1984 he had a 730 OPS okay. So, so, 730 OPS behind the plate. And that was his worst season, comfortably, uh, offensively, as, as a Detroit Tiger. And the, these, these WRC pluses are, are, for like the relatively modern era of baseball, especially, 113 WRC plus, 121, 101, 135, 113, 99, 118, and 124. He went out on a 3 5 season before he left for Philly. Like, d- remarkable. Absolutely remarkable for the batting average people out there. 252 career batting average was around that, like, 250 to mid 280s for most outside of the 84 outlier, obviously, for most of his Tigers tenure. He was the staple behind the plate. Everybody knew him, everybody loved him. Uh, everybody still knows him and loves him. Lance Parish, baby, coming in at number two. And number one, if if this one is is should be as as obvious as it gets on this list. There I, I, I would venture to say I haven't looked ahead at the other positions. I haven't done the rankings for all the positions yet. But I would venture to say that there won't be too much more of a lock at number one than Bill Freehand at number one. For the Detroit Tigers at the catcher position. I would venture to say that's probably as close to a lock as you'll get. Uh, There's going to be some debate in pitcher. There's always is. Uh, There's going to be... First base is probably a lock. That's not important. We'll get to that when we get to that. Bill Freehand. Cannon behind the plate. Big plus defender. Incredible with the stick. What can't he do? What can't he do? 24 career stolen bases, because why not? You know what I mean? You want to talk about a cannon behind the plate, Bill Freehand, another one. And and Bill was, oh man, like I, I just love all these guys so much, man. <laughs> Bill Freehand was was phenomenal, and, and 200 exactly career home runs, 262 career batting average. And the thing with Bill that kind of solidifies him at number one is the entire career was with the Detroit Tigers. Did not play for a single other organization his entire professional career. Was a rookie at 19 in 1961 and retired at 34 after the 1976 season. 44.8 career war. We talk about single seasons that were incredible. We're going to save 68 for last because that's just unreal. That is truly unfathomable how incredible he was in 1968, but there are so many. I mean, 1964, at 22 years old, a 22-year-old catcher in the 60s when pitchers were prevalent, right? That's the other thing. Like He was a plus offensive bat in an era that was dominated by pitchers. 5.1 5.1 war at 22 years old, 1964 behind the plate. In 1967, at 25, he had a 5.8 war. Uh, 1971, at 29 years old, he had a 4.9 war. And, like, how lucky are we? How lucky were we to have a, a basically direct handoff of Bill Freehand to Lance Parrish? <laughs> right? Like, how, how whack is that? Bill Freon's last year is 1976. What a what an unbelievable and and just fortunate situation for the Detroit Tigers to just like trip and fall their ways into basically. that that's not fair. Plenty of people deserve credit for finding players and all that. I, I wasn't trying to discredit the the scouts in the front offices that found these guys and did their research. but my goodness, what a what a fortunate situation for this organization to just get that natural handoff of just from 1961 all the way until the 90s almost, right, until the late 80s, just having a rock-solid catcher behind the plate. Remarkable. And and Bill, for WRC+, Plus, uh, career 113 at his peak, I mean, had 143 in 1967, 149 in 1968, by the way, that was his seven war season. Plus defender and a 149 WRC plus. Unbelievable. When you look at OPS, 1968 he had an 819 OPS, uh 1967 and 835, 1964 and 812. He had a career 752 OPS a couple of years in there where he dipped down. But but the thing was, even when the offense dipped down the defense was rock solid forever baby bill freehand was the dog right behind home plate when you look at like offensive and defensive ratings there was no like oh he was just a great defender not a great batter the other way around like we're going to see throughout this list and there's no shame or or looking down on any of those players but he had almost an 100 career rating for offense and defense individually 94 for offense just under one ten for defense. Exactly, two hundred career homers, as I said earlier. Bill Freehan, the greatest Tigers catcher of all time. I'm gonna give some honorable mentions here before I send you guys on your way. Uh, ho- Hopefully, everyone's having a, a great holiday. Just a great holiday season. I know it can be stressful and and uh, it's it's it can be tough, but I I hope everyone's having a, a relatively good holiday season. Honorable mentions for catcher. We're going to give one to Alex Avila. He almost made this list. Al, if I, if this was six, Al Avila might have been six. I think he probably would have been. Al Avila deserves a lot of credit, man. When you look at Alex Avila's 2011, I believe, is like what? It, 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 if he could have replicated his 2011 for his entire career, Alex Avila would be in the Hall of Fame. Like I'm not kidding. Go, go, do yourself a favor, and go look at 2011 Alex Avila's stats because I, I don't think people remember just how unbelievable he was that year, and how we were all like, "Oh my goodness, we found our like all-star catcher of the future." He was, he was unreal. So Alex Avila gonna come in at uh, well, whatever. These are just honorable mentions. Not gonna come in at any ranking. Uh, Alex Vila, also, Johnny Bassler deserves some flowers. He was the uh, the catcher in the 20s for those Ty Cobb-era teams. Uh, he, he deserves some flowers, man. He, technically speaking, Johnny Bassler has the third most career war of Tigers catchers. It's only 17.4 because this is not a super historically deep position for the Detroit Tigers outside of the top three, right? But, that there's something to be said for that. He had one homer in a Tigers uniform, by the way. Uh, there's something to be said for that, though. Love the dead ball era. Just, just again, Johnny Bastard deserves his flowers. Uh, Alex Rodriguez deserves his flowers. Uh, if we were doing a top 10, Brad Osmus technically has, like, the ninth most war of any catcher in a Tigers uniform. There's no way I was ever putting him on this list uh he's not getting an honorable mention I can't even believe I said his name on this show I kind of feel like I just insulted Bill Freehand and Lance Parrish a little bit um I think that's probably it for the honorable mentions yeah I think that's probably it Alex Avila and uh Johnny Bassler no I'm just kidding I'm gonna give an honorable mention to and Inge because you can't stop me that's the thing. You can't stop me. You can you can pause and say, oh, this dude's an idiot. And turn off the show. You can go ahead and do that. But you can't actually stop me from giving Brandon Inge an honorable mention at catcher. So I'm going to do it. And you just listen to it. And it's in your brain now. And now you can be angry throughout the rest of your day. But I did it. And nobody can tell me not to. That's the crazy thing. No one can stop me. So there you go. There are your three. Count them. Three honorable mentions for the catcher position. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Next episode, we'll probably just go to first base. We'll probably do that tomorrow. Go to first base. Make your second listen today, though, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's it for me. Thanks for rocking with me. I know this is a little bit of a long episode. I'm trying to trying to we're supposed to keep these at 30 and i just love to talk so much that it's hard for me to do but I, i'm trying I'm, I'm trying to cut it down i promise uh thank you all for listening peace and love going to therapy's dope especially during the holidays baby mental health's important all all time of the year but um a lot of people struggle with mental health during the holiday season reach out and talk to somebody If you need resources to do so, that is the, the sole biggest reason that, uh, that I have and, and like my DMS being open because I, I, I enjoy helping people that are finally ready to take that step and reach out. So going to therapy's dope, even during, even during Christmas time, baby, uh, peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.